Let's go on ahead and uh, get go on ahead to the scripture here. We're talking about uh, weapons here. Uh, verse, verses 3 and 4 of first, 2 Corinthians chapter 10. For the, we, though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds. And uh, we've quoted this a number of times over the last few weeks. Isaiah chapter 58, verses 5 and 6. Is it not a fast that I have chosen? A day for a man to afflict his soul? Is it to bow down his head like a bulrush, to spread out sackcloth and ashes? Would you call this a fast, an acceptable day to the Lord? Is it not the fast that I have chosen to loosen the bonds of wickedness, to undo the heavy burdens, to let the oppressed go free, that you may break every yoke? Hallelujah. So let's uh, go to the Lord in prayer. Father, as we complete this series on fasting, I pray, Lord, that you would stir our hearts and help us to put it into practice, Lord God, because uh, I firmly believe that fasting must be a normal part of our Christian walk. And many of us have never done it before, so Lord, I pray that you would speak to our hearts, Lord God, and help us to put it into practice, Lord. Touch our hearts, Lord, and give us ears to hear what your spirit would say to the church. And I pray this in Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so three weeks ago, I began this series on fasting, and today is the last day on this. And we've seen that Jesus intends for us to fast in one form or another. He says, but when, when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face. He says, when and not if. He also uh, uh, talks about that in, uh, uh, later on in Matthew when he talk, says that when the bridegroom, referring to himself, is taken away, then he said his uh, disciples, his followers would fast. Fasting is generally understood to be abstaining from food for a certain period of time, but in a broader sense, it can also mean abstaining from doing something you like to do or find pr pleasure in doing. So you, instead of doing that, then you take the time and uh, use it uh, for prayer. Many people are either physically unable to fast food or it's medically inadvisable for them to do so, in which case they can still fast in the broader sense. Okay, now we've talked about the different kinds of fast. You've got the partial fast, which means you take a particular period in a day where you abstain from food. Uh, you know, you can uh, say you're not going to eat any food until noontime. Uh, you know, uh, the Muslims do it from sundown to sunset during their month of Ramadan. You have the Daniel or no pleasant food fast, which Daniel practiced. And uh, he abstained probably from eating the heavy stuff during that time and maybe just ate vegetables and fruits. You know, I looked up on the internet, they said you can eat nuts, but I don't agree with that. I think nuts are kind of a heavy food. Uh, you have the complete or total fast, that's where you drink only water or possibly also juice for energy. You know, some of the time when I've been out here uh, digging up the weeds, I've been uh, 
doing the uh, total fast. And when I came back, I uh, uh, drank some of the uh, Gatorade, not, not the regular Gatorade that's got a lot of sugar and stuff, which isn't good for my blood sugar, but uh, they have this kind that is called G2 and has uh, a third of the calories and a third of the sugar of the other. So uh, I was drinking that after I finished coming in from uh, working in the, uh, uh, the, the churchyard here. You've got the absolute fast, which means no eating or drinking, not even water. And usually that only lasts three days or less. You run the danger of uh, doing your body great physical harm because you're dehydrated if you uh, don't drink any water for three days or take any kind of fluids in. There's a corporate or group fast, which we uh, uh, saw in Acts chapter 13 with Paul and uh, the uh, uh, other apostles and uh, prophets there. And then you've got uh, Ezra uh, chapter 8, verses 21 through 23, and Second Chronicles chapter 20, where uh, Jehoshaphat called a fast for a nationwide fast because Israel was being attacked by three different armies. You've got the uh, uh, sexual or intimate relations fast. That's by mutual consent between the husband and wife. And they agree to abstain from intimate relations for a set period of time. And it specifically says in that passage, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verses 3 through 5, that they may devote themselves to prayer and fasting. So this type of fast goes hand in hand with prayer and fasting. And finally, you've got the soul fasting. And again, this is where you abstain from a certain area of your life that you find pleasurable and may be out of balance. Now, last week I ended the message with a kind of a saying in tongue-in-cheek, why I can't do a food fast. I was being a little facetious there. Uh, what I was really talking about is the effects of a long-term food fast. So I'm going to repeat that and give you a few more, more uh, uh, effects that you would feel if you start on a long-term food fast. First of all, you know, you say, oh, I feel hungry. And <laughs> brothers and sisters, that's what fasting is all about. Uh, <clears throat> you know, that's, and really when you feel the hunger, you know what, that's the time to get down and pray and ignore that hunger gnawing away at your stomach and everything and uh, settle down and say, I'm not going to let the devil get the victory over me. Instead, I'm going to uh, sock it to him. I'm going to get down on my knees and I'm going to pray and I'm going to seek the face, face of God. Now, if you fast for longer than three days, your stomach actually shrinks to the point where you really don't feel that hungry anymore. Uh, but eventually, you feel it later. You know, uh, uh, when Jesus was uh, fasting and being tempted by the devil in the wilderness, it said after 40 days, he felt hunger. You know, and somebody unschooled in this, that doesn't know much about it, will say, well, duh, you know, he hasn't eaten uh, uh, food for any, uh, for uh, 40 days, and, you know, uh, you know, he's bound to be hungry. Well, the fact is, when you get that, secondary 
feeling of hunger, that means it's time to really break your fast. And again, if you uh, fast for a long time, you have to do it very gently. You can't just go out and eat a steak dinner. If you go for longer than seven days, then you have to be very gentle in the way that you break it. You know, just take fruit juices or even diluted fruit juices. Depends on how long you've been fasting for. So you have to break it gently. Another thing people will complain about is, I feel weak and I've got low energy. You know, Psalm 109, verse 24, uh, David said, uh, my knees are weak from fasting. That's just, a, and again, a normal uh, 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 reaction to that. You know, some people will feel, number three, their hypoglycemic reactions. I know that I feel that. You know, my blood sugar is kind of out of balance. I'm a, a diabetic, so uh, I will actually start get, getting these hypoglycemic uh, uh, reactions. That's where you feel really jittery, you know, and, and weak and things like that. And uh, if that happens to you, then uh, that's a good time that you can take a little bit of uh, uh, sugar. You know, I recommend sugar water, you know, mixing sugar with water or maybe honey with water. Be I like to mix honey with water even uh, uh, better. And uh, I, I mentioned, you know, the, uh, uh, that weaker form of Gatorade will do it too. Another thing is, I feel cold. And you will feel cold because uh, fasting lowers your body temperature. And we've got winter coming up in a few months. So if you uh, feel cold, especially during that time, just bundle up, put a coat on, you know, do what you can, you know, turn up the... Uh, uh, thermostat and you, where, wherever you live and uh, turn things up, you know, to keep warm. Another thing is I feel nauseated. If you feel nauseated, then drink some water or, you know, the uh, water with sugar or something like that. Another thing that will happen is my breath is bad. I know what I'm talking about, brothers and sisters. You'll get bad breath because you're not Flushing out your mouth, your, your mouth is one of the dirtiest places in your body. In fact, it is, I've heard it said that it is the dirtiest place. So if you have that problem, then use a mouthwash, or if you're out and about, uh, take a, a breath mint. Another one, I, I get headaches when I don't eat. Okay, that's a normal part of it too. You know, maybe uh, you can take some kind of medication if that's bothering you that much. Number eight, I have these wild mood swings. The reason why you have those mild, uh, wild mood swings is because you're starting to get more in touch with the spirit world. And this is what I said, if you, uh, uh, you know, fasting, you say no to your flesh, then, you know, it, it compensates, you know, your system will compensate by putting you more in tune with the spirit world. And so you also have to... Uh, pray while you're fasting too because the devil will try to uh, step in and it, it's weird because you'll uh, one minute you'll say well I, I'm going to take some food you know I'm going to break this fast and then a few minutes later you say no 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 you know and you'll go back and forth I, believe me I've been there I, I know what I'm talking about and last of all uh, my sleeping patterns uh, get messed up and that's, an, again, that's a normal part of uh, uh, fasting, 
is, uh, you know, I, I usually, the first day I usually feel really tired and sleepy, so I'll take a nap. And the problem is when I do that, then it, uh, uh, you know, I won't be able to sleep uh, at, uh, at night. So you have to really pray about it. If, if, if you're lying awake at night, you can't sleep and everything, then maybe that's uh, God calling you to uh, get up and for a little while and uh, uh, pray and seek him. So my advice to all of these reasons is suck it up. You know, that's what fasting is all about. It's saying no to your physical flesh, your flesh and your fleshly desires so that you can better attune to the spirit world and hear God's voice better. Sure, it's going to entail some discomfort to your system. Okay, but that's what it's all about. So that's the time to really seek the Lord. Now, We've talked about why we should fast for food. I'm, uh, I've told you before, while Jesus did not specifically command fasting in Scripture, he strongly suggested it. You know, we've talked about Matthew chapter 6, verses 17 and 18, and also Matthew chapter 9, verses 14 and 15, where he said that when uh, the bridegroom, referring to himself, is taken away, then his followers, his disciples, would fast. Two there is abstaining from food heightens your spiritual senses. You want to get more in tune with the Lord? Learn to practice fasting. Number three, one spiritual power is greatly increased. Matthew 17, 21, this kind, this particular spirit that was very uh, strong uh, only comes out by prayer and fasting. Isaiah 58, verse 6, we've seen that. It talks about breaking every yoke. In Acts chapter 14, verse 23, where Paul and Barnabas, after their first missionary journey, they backtracked to the churches that they had established, and they ordained elders in every city, and then they prayed over them with prayer and fasting. They prayed over them with prayer and fasting so that the elders would have the spiritual power that they needed to lead the church. Number four, a great and pressing need arises in the course of your daily life. We've mentioned Jehoshaphat and the children of Israel in 2 Chronicles 20. Also Esther, Mordecai and the uh, uh, Israelites, uh, they were in captivity in the uh, nation of Persia, and Haman, one of the uh, uh, high officials in the king's court, conned the king into issuing this decree that said that the Jews were to be wiped out. And so the Israelites, including Esther and, uh, and Mordecai, fasted and said that they not only fasted from food, but also from drink for three days. And God answered in a mighty way. The Apostle Paul, when he was stricken blind, fasted and prayed, eating nothing and drinking nothing for three days in Acts chapter 9. And I shared with you last week about Ezra. Ezra had a pressing need. He and uh, um, a number of the uh, uh, Israelites were going to go back to the promised land. And Ezra had been bragging to the king of Persia that God is going to uh, uh, watch them as on their way, 
and he said, uh, you know, there's going to be, uh, you know, we're coming there with our possessions, we're, you know, fruit, you know, we're, uh, you know, a perfect target for the uh, bandits along the way, but he says, I was ashamed, asked the king for a military escort, so what did they do? They fasted and they prayed, and God answered their prayers, and they were not attacked along the way. Okay, number five there, praying because of a heavy burden placed upon you. Nehemiah had that heavy burden when he found out that the uh, uh, Israelites that had returned to the promised land, to Jerusalem, were open it was open season on them. They were a target for their enemies in the land, and the walls had been broken down and not built back up. The gates were burned with fire. And he said, uh, he, you know, he went to the Lord and prayed and fasted, and God laid on his heart to go back there and gave him favor with the king to do it. And then we uh, had uh, in Daniel chapter 9, verses 3 through 5, we looked at that last week too, uh, where uh, Daniel read in the prophet Jeremiah that the uh, children of Israel to, to return to the promised land after the 70 years of captivity. And Daniel says, that time's almost up. Lord, what's going to happen with the people? So he fasted and prayed during that time. And then, uh, you know, he, uh, uh, I mentioned the identification too. You know, these men, and we're going to talk a little bit about this a little later on too. You identify with the people that you are praying for. He confessed his sins and he confessed the sins of his people, even if he wasn't guilty of those sins. And so it is with you pray for this nation too. You know, we have grievous sins that are sweeping across this land. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Say amen. amen. You know, we need to identify it and say we have committed a, a abortion in this uh, great nation of our I, uh, of ours, you know, the innocent uh, babies being slaughtered in the womb. You know, we are guilty of sexual sin, even if you're not guilty of that. You know, the, we've allowed a, a sexual sin to run rampant across this nation. You know, pornography and things like that. We need to take a stand against that. We've allowed drug addiction. You know, all these drugs to pour across our borders and we're paying the price. Something like 70 to 100,000 people a year are dying from drug overdoses. You know, we've allowed this drug to, to sweep across our land. You know, you confess that. Even if you're not guilty of that sin, you still confess it because we as a nation are guilty of it. So this is what both Nehemiah and Daniel did. If you check out their prayers there, Nehemiah chapter 1 and also Daniel chapter 9. Number six on there is to, praying to hear God's voice in a miraculous way. I mentioned the Barnabas and uh, Saul and other uh, apostles and prophets that were there at the church of Antioch. They fasted and they prayed, and then the Holy Spirit spoke and said, separate for me Barnabas and Saul for the work that I have called them to do. And that's what spawned the first great missionary journey of the early church. Also Cornelius uh, fasted and prayed, seeking God. He was a God-fearing Gentile. He was a centurion, and so, uh, you know, he uh, 
of course, you know, believed in the God of Israel, but he also knew that he was, being a Gentile, especially being a Roman soldier, he was kind of ostracized. So he, he said, Lord, what should I do? And he fasted and he prayed, and then the angel uh, appeared to him and said to, for him to send his officials to uh, go find Peter and uh, the other elders of, of a, a church there at Joppa. So he, he dispatched them and they came and the angel had told him, the angel that had told him to uh, send uh, Peter and the other, uh, for Peter and the other church officials at Joppa uh, said, uh, you know, Cornelius, you're uh, prayers have been heard. And so Peter came and preached to him the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's how the Jews realized that the Gentiles were also going to be called to eternal life through Jesus Christ their Lord. But he fasted and he prayed and besought the Lord and God answered him in a mighty way. Last week we also talked about fasting for repentance. Joel chapter 2, verses uh, 12 through the first part of uh, 14. Therefore also saith the Lord, turn even to me with all your heart, with fasting, with weeping, and with mourning, and tear your heart, not your garments. Remember I said, you know, that they would often tear their heart, their garments, when, you know, uh, uh, as a sign of mourning. And turn to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and with great kindness, and it repenteth him of the evil. And who knows if he will return and repent and leave a blessing behind him. Okay, so you fast for repentance. You know, many times, you know, a, a, a nation or people group would be at the brink of God's judgment because of their sins. And if they would uh, turn to the Lord and repent, and then God would answer them. We also mentioned that with uh, 1 Samuel chapter 7, verse 6, where the children of Israel uh, confessed their sins. That was right after the uh, ark of God had been captured by the Philistines. And then God moved in a miraculous way and returned the ark to them. And then they said, we have sinned. That is, they had, their sin was that of making God just like an idol, the ark of God just like an idol. Okay, he's not an idol. Amen? Okay, now this fast for repentance will often stave off judgment. I cited the case of uh, the king of Nineveh, where uh, Jonah had come to him and said, in 40 days, Nineveh is going to be destroyed. And so the king called a fast, and uh, he ordered the people to uh, fast from food and to go about in sackcloth and ashes. They even put uh, sackcloth and ashes on their animals. And God uh, listened to him and uh, uh, repented of the judgment that he was going to bring upon them, which kind of broke uh, uh, Jonah's heart because he wanted them to be uh, judged. Then we had uh, King Ahab, uh, you know, where... Uh, Elijah the Tishbite, Elijah the first, the, he was the prototype type of the uh, prophets that would uh, come to uh, Israel in future years. He said that you and your house, Ahab, your wickedness is so great in heaven that he's going to destroy you and uh, your offspring. 
So then uh, Ahab uh, went about in sackcloth and ashes and fasted, and he humbled himself, and God said, because of that, you know, I won't bring about this judgment upon Ahab while he's still alive. But, you know, the, the fast of repentance does not always work. Ahab, uh, you know, uh, he, he, his sin was so great that judgment with God was irreversible and the judgment was brought upon his house after he died. Also, you had King David. I mentioned this last week, too, in 2 Samuel chapter 12, verses 14 through 23. His sin with Bathsheba, uh, where he committed adultery with her and... Uh, then uh, tried to cover it up by having her husband killed on the front lines of battle. That was very grievous. It says that it brought great shame for the name of uh, uh, the Lord. And, uh, you know, uh, God declared judgment on him. He said the child that was born out of wedlock as a result of this adulterous affair, affair with uh, uh, Bathsheba is irreversible. The child is going to die. So for 10 days, David fasted and prayed, and he said, maybe God will relent, but God did not relent, and the child did die. And also the other judgment upon David's house came to pass also. Okay, and finally there, I cited the case of the nation of Judah in uh, Jeremiah chapter 14, verses uh, 11 and 12, where... Uh, God said, even if these people fast and pray and seek me, I'm not going to hear. Judgment is irreversible at that point. And I pray, brothers and sisters, that the sin of America is not that far yet. I don't know, it may be. You know, with everything that is happening, that is going wrong in this nation, especially, you know, the, the primary thing is the things that our children are being taught in the public schools, and even some of the charter schools. You know, the teachers are just completely permeated by this leftist uh, belief, you know, uh, world, uh, uh, world view, and it's, it, 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 you know, at first it was just in the universities, but then it j just trickled on down, and it's completely permeated our, uh, our educational system. And we have rejected the Lord. That's the great, brothers and sisters, that's the most grievous uh, sin of all of America. You know, throughout our history, we've had the Judeo-Christian ethic and worldview but we have totally rejected, not, not totally, you know, for, but uh, largely rejected that. And that's why things are get, got, have gotten to the point where we are. And we are falling apart from within. You know, they talked about the Roman Empire. How the Roman Empire fell apart from within because they rejected the family unit, the, the value system that they had had before. And then, of course, you had the barbarians that came and uh, started knocking at the door. And brothers and sisters, the enemies of the United States of America, China, Russia, you know, uh, Iran, North Korea, you know, they, they are all rejoicing now because of what, especially what's happened in the last month. I'll talk a little bit about that a little later on. You know, it's happening. 
Judgment, brothers and sisters, is knocking at the door of the United States of America. And we need to arm ourselves. We are the army of God. Can you say amen? Everybody say, I am a, a part of the army of God. I am part of the army of God. We've got to rise up and take authority over the devil because he is, you know, has just completely polluted this nation. Okay, fasting for humility. That's closely aligned with repentance. You can't have one without the other. You know, and uh, we use that for Ezra chapter 8, verse 21. Therefore, by the Ava Canal, I, that is Ezra, proclaimed a fast. Here's a group fast. He says, I proclaimed a fast so that we might do what? Humble ourselves before the Lord. You humble, there's a humbling of you, yourself, when you fast. King David says this too. In Psalm 35, verse 13, he says, I humbled my soul with fasting. Psalm 69, verses 11 and 12, he says he chastened. There's a chastening of your soul. There's a chastening of your body when you fast because you say no to your flesh and your fleshly desires. Okay, now, new stuff for today. Fasting for revival. On the 24th day, this is uh, uh, Nehemiah chapter 9, verses 1 through 3. On the 24th day of the same month, the Israelites gathered together, fasting and wearing sackcloth and ashes. Remember, I, I, I've talked about fast. Uh, sackcloth and ashes, you know, be equivalent to, you know, wearing burlap get, uh, 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 garments, you know. You wear burlap, what happens? You know, that feels that itchy.